This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Do we still have to show up if the Knicks didn't? Yeah, that's why we really have to show up because, because the audience deserves a good effort because they didn't see one earlier tonight, Gordon. They no. did not see one. It well, was they saw brutal. one from the Nets. No, but I'm talking about Nick fans. No, yeah, Nick fans did not. They didn't see anything. And that, that, Gordon, it was a, I don't know, where do we get, Gordon? Larry, you texted me at 8.15, (laughs) going to be a long night for the Knicks. And I responded to you a couple minutes later, well, there's nowhere to go but up. Clearly, I was wrong. (laughs) The only where to go was down, further down, just digging a hole as deep as you can dig it. Because that was... That was rough. That was a rough watch. I mean, in the NBA, for a team to never make a run. Never. Never made a run. Mm-mm. Down, what were they, four, down 14 after the first, mm-hmm. and it was never that close again. Gordon, it I It didn't en- feel that close, I can tell you that. It didn't feel that close even then. Gordon, I enjoyed a little of um, AEW Dynamite. Check that little wrestling. Because oh, I couldn't okay. watch the game anymore. I yeah, couldn't watch well, it. I couldn't, right. I couldn't watch the game right. anymore. I even, I even took a quick peek at Peyton Manning on the Country Music Awards. I couldn't. Well, the, the wrestling was more undecided than the, the basketball, right? Like, <laughs> That's right. It was, the Knicks went according to script from what you saw early on. That was, oh. that was rough. Gordon, was I just... got two stats for you that are kind okay, of mind-blowing. Talk to me. One of them, Kevin Durant has not lost to the Knicks since 2013. Mm-hmm. He's never lost to them as a member of the Nets. Ben Simmons has never lost to the Knicks ever. He is now fifteen and zero. But see, that's not fair for him. Well, he didn't play. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> when he shows up, you know it's day. Look, Kyrie showed up more tonight than the Knicks did. It's true. It's true. Um, I think the most okay. Let me try to get myself together. I think the most alarming thing for me, Gordon, watching it was the lack of effort defensively from this team. I mean, KD aside, I'll get to him in a second, but everybody on the Nets went wherever they wanted to go. They went wherever they wanted to go. And and there was just no defensive presence at all, especially first half. Now, third quarter, there was some moments where you started to see that they came out and they, they gave you a little bit of effort. But there was no, there was nothing. Nobody, nobody defended anybody in the first half. And listen, I understand that trying to defend Kevin Durant is, he's great. We all know. We all know. But Gordon, you can't let him and everybody get what they want. You've got to have some type of resistance. He went anywhere he wanted. And once again, he's Kevin Durant. I get it. And there are times where you can let him, you can score 50 and we still find a way to win some games. But then on the offensive side, this team decided that they want they they thought they looked in the mirror and thought they were Golden State, and putting up all these threes. This is not a consistently good three point shooting team. And and then again, problems defending the three. Again, this is this has become a regular thing with this team. They allowed Brooklyn to shoot f- over forty one percent from three, going fourteen of thirty four from three. You shot 20% from three. That's the game right there. And most of the threes were open. They weren't contested threes. 
and you just wait it. You're like, okay, well, maybe there's something. Maybe they'll give a spurt. Like you said, everybody makes a run in the NBA. Everybody. <laughs> Generally. Except the Knicks tonight. And it was I, – I, I haven't seen them play this – it's been a long time, Gordon, since I see them play this badly where there was no – Effort, no, no resistance, no pushback, and nothing. And you knew this game. And you know what? After, aside from you, said, okay, we'll see what happens for a couple of minutes in in the third quarter. After you saw the first couple of minutes nah. in the third quarter, like this, this, this game is over. So that's when I started watching a little wrestling. Yeah, uh, well, I'm a big believer that nothing really important happens in the first half of an NBA game. But I mean, unless you change the script from the first half of the. <laughs> <laughs> the Knicks came out in the third quarter, did the same thing they did in the first and the second. And it would be one thing, you know, if the schedule, not that it would ever be excusable, mm-hmm. but if the schedule were such that, you know, this is the second of a back-to-back or they've played three in a, three games in four nights or they're mm-hmm. back from a long West Coast trip, not that it would be excusable, but it would be understandable. Right. They played on Monday. Yeah. Before that, they played on Saturday. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's absolutely no reason why they showed up and did not and did not show up. Uh, that was just an inexcusable performance uh, for Tom Thibodeau's team. And, and that's the one thing that you, you think that you get with Tom Thibodeau's team. Yeah. He, the, his teams are always going to bring effort. They're always going to yeah. show up. They're not going to be a pushover on any night. Well, nope. this was one where they were a complete pushover and a complete waste of time. And remember how we used to talk about this team and said, you know, they had some fight. They didn't have a glass jaw. You know, they, they were tough. They responded. They didn't back down. Well, they didn't back down tonight because they never showed up. No, they never showed up. And it was just it, it was it was ridiculous. It just was. I mean, there was nothing. It was it was parts of it were unwatchable, Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, look, they got uh, they got the Pistons up next. Uh, they better they got to find a way to uh, flip the, the switch quickly here because, um you know, five and six on the year. After that three and one start, you thought, okay, you know, I thought that they're going to win out three out of every four games. But you know, this team, you know, is going to be a you know a playoff type team, a play in mm-hmm. type team somewhere around there, right? Like playoffs yeah. would be a, a you'd sign for that right sure. away if it's a play in type of situation. Okay, fine, but this is uh, this is the the kids have a term called mid. The Knicks are mid. That's what they are. They're just middle of the road. They're nothing special. They're nothing fancy. They're they're not great. They're not usually this terrible. They're just, eh, they're nothing. And they are headed west, young man, after Detroit. They host Oklahoma City, then they're at Utah. And I don't know, I think I think Danny Ainge is going to be fired. Because right, what he's, he's screwing doing. up the tank. <laughs> he messed up the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> So they've got Utah, Denver, Golden State, Phoenix, Oklahoma City before they come back home the uh, day after Thanksgiving to face Portland, and then you got Memphis again. So they got some West Coast games, Gordon, and uh, I mean I know Golden State's off to the slow start. Phoenix is ah, uh, but but from what you saw tonight, oh my God, I, oh, this on. this looks like a lost road trip. That's going to be a lost trip for this team. It really yeah. is. And and we've talked about this in years past. I didn't think we were gonna have to talk about it this year. Uh you get you get three games under five hundred. Mm-hmm. It's pushing a rock up a hill, trying it to get is. back to that break even point, man. It takes a lot to get back to, to that that break even point. Um so uh, the Detroit game to me must win. The Oklahoma City game, pretty much a must win. And mm-hmm. then you're just kinda desperate to Trend find water. a couple of wins <laughs> on that road trip. 
maybe you get Oklahoma City again. Yeah, maybe. You got them at the end, of, but you have them at the end of the road trip. You know, yeah. so I, you, you, I, I mean, you almost have to win. Uh, if you're not winning those games, what games are you winning? <laughs> yeah, I know, especially the way they look right now. And look, I, yeah, okay, logically, I know it's early. Logically, I do, but you know, it's not that you, early. It's not that early, and it's it's what you're seeing that is making you it's consistent. Yep. Yeah, it's what you're seeing. You're not seeing that. And once again, I understand that everybody doesn't play defense in the NBA all the time. I understand that. But you got to give some kind of resistance. You can't let people get everything they want. They're not supposed to get everything they want. And yeah. the Nets got everything they wanted. The player, they move it without the basketball, and the Knicks stopped passing. It was, oh, it was a mess. 1-800-919-3776. I'll tell you what we will do for the Net fans. You have a new coach, and it's not who you thought it was going to be. So we'll – Tackle that and your phone calls as well next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Gordon, listen, I, I, I think it's a good move. Leave the guy in place for this year. Bringing Adoka in with the situation you've got right now was not the move. You got some time to, if you decide that you want to do it again, you can always do it at the end of the season. Okay, you can, you know, Vaughn is there. You sign him for two years just in case. But he can always go back to being an assistant like he did before. So this is the right move for them. Let's ride, see what we have, make some adjustments, see where we get, where we are as we get towards the uh, towards the All-Star break. What's the situation with Kyrie? Is he back? Is he not back? Where's the team? Uh, will, are they close enough that you feel that you have to make a move to get a bigger body in the front court to add some depth and some physicality up front? And then you make that move, and then you see where you go. And you, you, if you want to go back to Adoka, you go back to Adoka at the end of the year. Yeah, um, I think that makes more sense. I mean, how, how could you have ever? I mean, the fact that his name was even being floated out there when uh, you know all the other different things are going on within the organization, they're a complete mess. Uh, it just it just was another thing to throw on the fire of of <laughs> of the dumpster fire that was the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, as long as. KD's cool with it, and I'm assuming that if they named him the head coach, Jacques Vaughn, I'm assuming that he's okay with it. Hopefully when Kyrie, if he ever does return, and, and when he does, hopefully he um, listens to Jacques Vaughn more than he listened to Steve Nash, clearly, mm-hmm. with the reports out there of him blowing him off repeatedly and calling different plays from what Nash was calling. So, I mean, that was mm-hmm. never going to work. I find it funny, though, you know, Sean Marks is talking about the camaraderie. Like, mm, I, w- I wonder what's different about the camaraderie here the last couple of games. Gee, I, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Sarcasm. Yeah. Good job, Sean. <laughs> I, I don't Sarcastic. know if he was meaning it sarcastically. I'm certainly meaning it that way because we've no, he seen. He had to know. No, Gordon, he knows. I, he knows. We, we, we've seen that when, when Kyrie Irving, teams are sometimes, I think the Nets have a better record when he does not play than when well, he they does. Play, well, they're, they're used to playing without him. Right. <laughs> so it's, not, it's the fact, okay, he's there. He adds something. But if he's not there, okay, hey, he's not here again. Okay, we know what to do. So they're used to playing without him. So, you know, it's just a different thing. And Sean Marks, of course, Gordon has to choose his, you know, has to choose his, his words carefully yes. because the boss is listening. Not Joe Sy. No. The other boss. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, he's got to be careful what he says. We'll hear from Jacques Vaughn. We'll hear from Wodes. And we'll hear from Nick Fidel. All of them are giving us different perspectives on what's going on in Brooklyn. But right now, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Janice and Yonkers. Jan, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Yes, hello. How you doing? Hey, Jan. 
just got back from Texas. I have a granddaughter that was born September 23rd. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to make a few points about the Knicks, but I just wanted to say this. It's mighty funny that it took Steve Nash to be fired, and all of a sudden the Brooklyn Nets, you know, are playing like champions. Just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> okay. Three-point shooting, our defense against the three-point shooting is horrible, no matter what, no matter who we play. And uh, I was very upset at the effort that the Knicks, well, it wasn't effort at all that they put into this game. And it, they just seemed to be out of sync from the first quarter on to the fourth. Like they didn't even want to play the game at all. Now, Boston is a better team than the Nets. We only lost by 15 points, but we played a good game. Why didn't they show up tonight? I do not know. And I was hoping that you all could shed some light on it because I find it very disturbing at the way we played, especially against them. They don't even have Kyrie Irving to play. But you know what it is, Jan? And thanks for the phone call. Once again, congrats on your granddaughter. Uh, it's, it, it begins and ends with Kevin Durant. It just does. He 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 dominates. He's you double team. He can see over the double team. Uh, he can create any. He can get to anywhere he wants to go on the floor. He can kill you from the three. He is a guy that makes other people better, Gordon, because he gets them the ball in the right places. You have to protect. You have to defend him. You have to know where he is on the floor at all the time. So he is a major reason. Now the rest of it is. Uh, no communication, bad rotation, all the stuff that you hear Brendan Brown talk about on the radio, all the stuff that you hear Clyde talk about on TV, all the stuff that you hear Wally Zerbiak and Alan Hahn and, and Monica McNutt and all the folks on MSG talk about, Jeff Van Gundy on ESPN, Gordon and I, that's what you heard. It's, 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 it's all the things that you don't do well to win games defensively, that's what the Knicks did tonight. They weren't prepared to play. Very yeah, simple. I mean, I, the really, the, only they can answer why they weren't prepared. I mean, I'd like to think it wasn't because they had a good performance last time out, maybe their best performance of the season against Minnesota, and they started feeling good about themselves. I hope that's not what it is, but that's felt, that felt kind of like what it was. And, you know, if Kevin Durant is motivated, <laughs> uh, his team is better than the Knicks team. Oh, no question. That's not they, shouldn't, they shouldn't be 30 points better or whatever no. it ended up being, no. but – that's, that's 10 to what 15 would be 10 to 15 is more like it i would say yeah but what happened gordon was they let them or they let the as as shaq calls them the others <laughs> the other players they, he let them get hot so once it, he didn't have to he didn't have to work hard he just got his points and distributed you're listening to the best of espn new york tonight 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, let's head back to the phones. Eric is in Queens. What's up, E? Hey, Gordon. Hey. Listen, I know you guys are not going to agree with me. I know you've been hearing it for a long time. But I think it's time, man. It's time for the uh, coach to go. I know you're going to say he's got nothing to work with. But, man, look, three years, still can't beat the zone, still haven't figured it out. Same old lethargic offense. Same old, same old. Wrong coach, wrong play, with young players. And that's all I'm going to say. All right, Eric, thanks for the phone call. I'm not ready to dismiss you right away. I, I do think that this is a, 
and Gordon, we said it before the season started. This is a very, very important year for Tom Thibodeau. Uh, he's got it based on because of what he did his first year. Last year was a major setback for this team. And even though uh, Julius Randle's playing better than he played last season, I mean, he was he was the only one scoring tonight and still was a minus 22 on the plus-minus side. Uh, this team is not, you know, this team is not, it's not what you'd like to see. Now, once again, it's still early. But I think as you get closer, if, if you are starting to continue to see the same things happening and the team is not responding, then it might be time for you to start to think about making a change at your head coaching position. Now, I'm not ready to kick him out yet, but I am saying if things continue this way, because that's his reputation, Gordon. He He's he's very good in the beginning. He wears his players out. You get tired of hearing the voice, the yelling, and the screaming, and then sometimes you lose them. Yeah, and it's usually around year three, right? Like, yep. you know, after a while. Uh, now, look, tonight – this is mostly on the players. I mean, the players did not show up. Uh, now, I would think that that was what the, the biggest benefit of having Tom Thibodeau coach your team is that he's going to get your guys to show up on an every-night basis. That was the thing about year one, that the Knicks did not really have games where they just did not show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm willing to chalk this one up mainly to the players, but there are issues with Tibbs as well, the rotations. It doesn't really feel like they're figuring anything out, even though it is, uh, what, is it 11 games into the season now? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is going to be a big year for Tibbs. It's, it's, it's going to be hard to, if they are not significantly closer to the play-in this year than they were last year, it's going to be very hard for Tibbs to survive. Now, in fairness to him, Gordon, you just – there's not many players like Kevin Durant. I will grant you. Yeah. But, Gordon, when you have one of those players, it makes a world of difference. And it really shows – and if you don't have one of those players, then you've got to have a lot of complementary players. And really what it shows is that the Knicks still need some talent. They oh, still, absolutely. They, they still need some more talent. So – Yet, now, is he able to coach and get the most out of, because that's the ultimate thing, is he getting the most out of what he had? Because, let's be honest, he's got more talent now than he had his first year. Oh, easily. Absolutely. And it's not even close. No. He's got more talent than he had his first year. He's got a better R.J. Barrett. He's got he's got uh, some guys coming off the bench who are better. Now, they he's may not be. an actual point guard. He's got an actual point guard. Now, they may not be a better they may not be better chemistry-wise yet, Gordon, but from individual talent, they're better than what they, they what they had because you got guys that can score other than Julius Randle. So for you not to for the team not to show some kind of, and I'm not saying they haven't improved a little bit because they have. You you see an improvement, but it's it's about the postseason for this team because, and granted, nobody expected them the second year to be the fourth seed. You understood what was going on with 2020 and the COVID year and all the stuff that was going on there and the change, and they caught some people by surprise and, you know, no fan, all the stuff. So you understand it. We know what it was like. But nevertheless, if you don't get to, if you have a no play-in performance again this year, Gordon, that's unacceptable. You yeah. can't have that two years in a row. You can't. No, and and you're talking about you know getting a special player that changes things. Tibbs ain't getting that guy. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's gonna have that guy. What however long his tenure lasts here, I don't think he's getting that guy. Yeah, so yeah. you better come up with something. 
<laughs> it better be better than tonight. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I know there's there's folks talking about, boy, if we if we only had Donovan Mitchell, if we only had Mitchell, but he's not helping you three. He would help you scoring, yes. He's not helping you defend the three better. No. He's not helping you do some other things. He's not helping you move the ball better. And and they've moved the ball before, Gordon. I just I it's really it's 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 really frustrating to see that they've They've gone back into some old habits, right, where they have, uh, you know, just started watching other people score, you know. And and when they play well, they don't do that. They move the basketball. And the energy level tonight was unacceptable. I mean, there was the first no quarter. They, they, I mean, they, I mean, they, there's no better example of a of a game where a team did not show up. They never mm-hmm. showed up. No, no, it wasn't close. But for the Nets, it was a good night to celebrate their the interim tag being removed from Jacques Vaughn. Uh, Nick Fidel, who covers the Nets for us at ESPN, was on with Bart was on with Barton Hahn this afternoon, and obviously the conversation was a little bit about Kyrie and a little bit about KD. So Nick was asked, "When will we see Kyrie on the court again?" You're never supposed to say, I have no idea, but that is <laughs> the most honest answer I can give you right now. And the reason is because I'm still unsure about what's going to happen with this whole Kyrie deal. I know that there are people in that locker room who miss him. He's developed a lot of strong relationships in there. I also know how many people inside the organization were so upset at the initial posts, at that first press conference, at the second press conference. So there are so many different things to work through here. But to say for certain oh well i think that everybody's gonna get healthy and and seth curry and joe harris are gonna keep shaking the rust off of their game and ben simmons is gonna be better well that's all well and good but there is still a chance certainly that we don't see Kyrie again on the floor with this team depending on how all the steps of what the nets want to see from him work out so nobody knows and anybody who tells you they know how this thing's gonna play out uh, they're lying All right, Nick, so what's the deal with KD now? The Kevin, will he go, will he stay conversation is going to be answered, in my opinion, over the next month here because the Nets have a really difficult schedule. They're on the road for most of November. They've already started poorly. They haven't looked the way a lot of people thought they would. So if they run through November and they're just losing game after game after game, then I'd expect that conversation, no matter what happens with this Kyrie situation that is still unfolding, the Kevin conversation will probably be revitalized here over the next few weeks. So, Gordon, my question uh, hearing Nick's report is – does this mean they've changed their mind? They're willing to move him for because you're still not going to get equal value. If anything, he's playing. He was the, he was the what, Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's playing at an elite level right now. He's playing at a All Star level. He's he's playing at an MVP level almost. You're not going to get equal value for him no. even now. If anything, he's more talented than if he could be. Right, he's. He's worth more now than he was in the offseason when you were trying to move him. Uh, the question is going to be, what do they expect to get for him? I don't know. And why And why does it change now? He's under contract for you for three more years after this year. Yeah, um, I would think it would be that he decides that he wants to go. You know, I guess he had a change of heart that he's going to stay, stick around. Uh, I think the Nets will start to play better. I don't expect them to be an under 500 team. 
this season. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be the title contender that we've thought here the last couple of years, but I do think that they're going to get better. So that's a conversation for me that's going to have to take place after the new year. Once you get closer to the trade deadline, you kind of see where where the team is at. Because right now, I expect them to get better, but I'd have to admit it can go any way with with this group. Yeah. It can go any way, any which way but loose. So uh, we'll see. They have a big road trip, I think, coming up here pretty soon as well mm-hmm. where they play the Clippers and the Lakers and a couple other teams out west. So um, it looks like they've started to put some things together. I don't think it's a coincidence. They're doing this now with Kyrie not part of the picture. I don't know if he ever comes back. I assume that he will at some point. And what impact does that have on winning? What impact does that have on the future of, you know, the superstar and Kevin Durant? I don't know. There's so many things with the Nets that are just completely unpredictable. But I do think that they're going to be better than what they've shown here so far. No question about that. And uh, tonight was, if you're a Nets fan, it's a good start. Yeah. When's the next time we can play the Knicks? Because we look look like title contenders against them. You sure do. (laughs) You look great. Dominant. Dominant. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Gordon, let's hear from Jacques on being named the next Nets head coach. I guess I was the write-in candidate in the uh, mind of elections right now, but uh, I'm okay with that. I, I said to my wife, I might have not been her for, first choice, and uh, we've, we've been together 20 years, so, you know, it could all work out, so off we go. I was honest with you guys. I was in the mindset of coaching that Chicago game. That's what I was asked to do, and I did it. And then the next day, we had off day, then I was asked to do practice, and I did it. And it's just, it brought me to this point. All right, so that's Jacques Vaughn. That's, that's a pretty good line, Gordon. I was a writing candidate. That's pretty good. Yeah, timely, <laughs> right? Right on point. Right Look, on they, point. they could not, uh, even the Nets. I mean, I'm glad to see that someone in that organization came to their senses and said, wait a sec, what, what, what are we doing? We, we, we cannot possibly go out and hire a coach who is suspended for the season and bring him into this mess thinking that he can help clean it up. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good of, it clearly he looks like he can coach. And he has a relationship with the players from his time in Brooklyn. But somebody, maybe it was Adam Silver, said, guys, come on. (laughs) Come on. What are you doing to me here? Please come to your senses. And it looks like somebody finally did. So, Woj, Gordon and I want to know, what happened with Udoka? There's no question with Ime Udoka. And certainly some of the backlash that would have come with his hiring. I think Udoka is going to be a head coach again in this NBA uh, perhaps as soon as this off season, but I think the timing for Udoka and the Nets I just think it didn't match up with all that was going on. And I think Brooklyn feels with Jacques Vaughn, they've got a coach who they believe has a respect of their players and has stabilized the team that was somewhat in free fall when he took over uh, last week. So it, it's really interesting uh, how this has turned and What's interesting for me, Gordon, is that if Jacques Vaughn has done this great of a job, why wasn't he given this job in the first place? I mean, look, he he helped him out with Kenny Atkinson, right, when he was fired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He stabilized everything. He got them. He, they played well for him. All right, now you bring in Steve Nash with the other crew, and now Steve Nash is gone. And and so now we you turn back to, you know, Jacques Vaughn and – I know he's got a two-year deal, but you know what? He's always going to be looking over his shoulder, Gordon, because it's, it's 
I know it's today's NBA, but still, here's a guy that everybody says he's stable. What have, what have they all said? He stabilizes the situation. Well, if he stabilizes the situation, maybe you should keep him. Well, sometimes, you know, not, not always is it the first choice that's the best choice, right? Like sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you luck into situations and it wasn't what you would have chosen for yourself, but that turns out to be the best road forward. So maybe that's the case, right? Given some of the decisions the Nets organization has made in the past <laughs> with their first choices, maybe the fact that Jacques Vaughn was not their first choice uh, is a good sign for him. Let's hope so. Uh, but it, I would think that, the fact that the two superstars were not on board with hiring him as the head coach. Mm-hmm. If they would have been on board with just bringing him in as opposed to Steve Nash. He'd have been in. I, I think he would have been in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And listen, I, I understand about players not following coaches' plays because we've seen that. That's not the first time that's happened. Uh, there's a lot of players who have done that, but it's just – it's just something else that you just hang on, Kyrie, Gordon. I mean, we were talking uh, before the show started. I was talking with the guys about, you know, we, we, we just dog Kyrie, and rightly so, for his lack of ability to, to be available to play. And then I look, and I'm talking to the guys, and I'm looking, and I'm watching, you know, <laughs> I'm watching a young man for the Clippers sitting on the bench who also doesn't play a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, another mess. Um, I mean, he doesn't play. He hardly plays at all, Gordon. Yeah, he never plays. He hardly plays at all. I mean, what was the? What'd you guys tell me? Nine straight games he's missed now? Yes. You know, I mean, and he's a tremendous player. Tremendous. Again, but... got a ring. Yep. And signed with L.A. and psh, he's chilling. And he's he chilling. Feels like he's played as many games for Toronto <laughs> in the last year and a half than he has for L.A. <laughs> It's true. It's a mess. It is. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. And then I'm looking at the Lakers. Now they've they've come back into their game, Gordon, but I'm looking at them and I'm looking at their record and I'm like, but you've got LeBron James. And you got Anthony Davis. And you got and, and, and you mess. got Russell Westbrook. How are you this bad? <laughs> how are you this well, uh, how I are mean, you this bad? Like, but like the Lakers, the Lakers are the classic case of that the milk was in the fridge, it was sour. They put the milk back in the fridge and hope that tomorrow it'll be fresh. I mean, it, I mean, they were a mess last year, and they really didn't change anything. Yeah. So what did you expect to happen? I'm sure they would like to have gotten rid of Russell Westbrook at, at some point this offseason. They're still looking. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not going to stop looking, right? No, you can't. You can't stop looking. And they're still looking to see if they can, you know, get, get something for him. Um I mean, they tried him coming off the bench, but uh, had a little know. bit of a, a benefit there. But, yeah. Uh, then he got hurt. Yeah, it was it was short lived. Tonight he is uh, he's got six points on three of ten shooting. See, there you go. Keep shooting though. That's it. Keep it going. <laughs> shoot, That's what you're out there for. Shoot. Yep. Absolutely. Keep shooting Keep the basketball going. though. Keep it going. Keep it going. I mean, and you just look at LeBron and you shake your head. You're like, really? This is the at thirty what thirty six thirty seven. This is this is. What you're doing, <laughs> trying to, trying to, you know, will a team to the postseason? They're not going anywhere, Gordon. They don't have any talent. No, I mean talent. the only thing is going to be uh, getting the scoring record, right? I mean that's the, that's the big accomplishment this year for for the Lakers. That'll be the big celebration. It will be, it will be. Uh, one other thing, Gordon, before I turn turn my attention away from the Knicks, never to talk about them again until next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that is another concern I have about them. 
And once again, the conversation I have with the guys, Gordon Derek Rose does not look good. He doesn't nope. have the same spring. Nope. spring. Nope. He doesn't. He doesn't move well. I don't know if he's still still rehabbing a little bit, trying to get his leg Maybe. back, and you know it could be, but he doesn't have that burst that he had. Like he's he's not pushing the ball. It's just it's it's not it's it's just not it's not there. And um, you know they rely on him. Tibbs relies on him to bring some stability to that uh, you know to that bench, and he's not really getting it done. And so you you look at that, you're concerned. Uh, once again, the fear about Mitchell Robinson, you know, great shot blocker when he's in, when he's available. Another guy that's always hurt. Um, always hurt. You know, so he's out. I mean, and clearly the Randall, Obi Toppin playing them together does not work because neither one of them talk to each other defensively. So people go buy him. It's just, Gordon, it's, it's, it's a mess. It is a mess. It's a mess. It, it feels like they're throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And some nights it does stick. Yeah. Some nights, yeah. you know, the shots go in like Minnesota, uh, but it's not anything consistent. It's not anything you can rely on, right? It's not repeatable. No. No, it's not. It's not. I'm done talking about the Knicks. When we return, Gordon, we know the uh, baseball winter meetings are going on. Did you know that? The GM meetings, yes. Yes. In Las Vegas, sunny Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Love Vegas. Uh, So do I. I miss it so much. Uh, Billy Epler had some comments about a couple of players that uh, he's trying to work on. And then we have a soundbite, Gordon, from Scott Boris. That's (laughs) never good when you have a free agent. (laughs) When your team has a free agent represented by Scott Boris and Scott Boris is talking to the media, that's oh, not good, Gordon. It's not he, good. He he loved he loves these <laughs> these little impromptu press conferences he can have, and uh, he he works on material ahead of time, and he is uh, he's hitting all the notes when he gets that microphone in front of him. And he is Brandon Nimmo's rep. So we'll hear from Scott Boris and Billy Upler next on ninety eight seven ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. You said it the other night. This doesn't seem to be the priority um, no. from this team that you would expect um, for an all-time Met. For an all-time Met, I mean, this guy has been. You know, he's he's <laughs> he was the, the he was the uh, follow-up to you know uh, Batman, <laughs> right? And and uh, you know the the great pitching that we had and. Now you're looking at a guy who, and I get it, wants to is opting out. That's perfectly his right. You know, I don't know that I would have done it, Gordon, with the year I had, but you know that's his right to do that. And so it just, you know, I understand there's certain posturing that goes on, and there could be in serious talks, and things could be more closer to fruition than what they are, or they may not even be talking at all. So I get that you you play this game with the media, but it. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I'm just lost as to what the, what the end, what the end goal is here. Okay, is it let's get this done quickly? Is it well, we'll just, you know, play around and we go back and forth, and you know, when it gets done, it gets done. Because I think Gordon, that you need to find out what you need to get this done because you have to find a replacement for him in your rotation if he's not coming back. Yeah, good luck with that. That's not going to be easy to do. And it always feels like with the Mets in the past, well, under the Wilpons, it was always like these bad endings with players. 
good yeah. play, you know, like players that they had and players that they relied on, you know, either franchise players or p- people they brought into the organization. And you'd figure that that would kind of be over with. Now, look, maybe Jacob DeGrom will be back, but I mean, he's one of the great all time Mets. Yeah, he's he one is. of the best players you've ever had in your organization. And to think that, you know, that there's higher priorities than him seems a little surprising. I mean, you know, it was you know, I'm, it was Matt Harvey Day, and that then it was Jacob Degrom Day, and, right? And it's listen, been the, some, yeah, yeah, and and Gordon, the whole situation with with you mentioned with the Wilpons. Well, the thing is, you know, he wasn't coming back. <laughs> if the Wilpons were there, oh, you know, yeah, he's not no, coming no, back. Yeah, no, he's no, not coming no, back. That's right, why he that ended badly because you had you no shot. Money? No, you, you want money? We that that we can't do. <laughs> so uh, you, you just thought it would be, and look, it might end up being that way. Maybe this is just the dance of negotiation. He has to see what you know is available to him. What might you know, in terms of his curiosity of, of other teams or other organizations or whatever is the most important thing to him. I would think it's money at this point of his career and at his age, knowing that this is probably his last chance to cash in. But maybe it's something else. I don't know. Uh, but uh, you'd like to think that even if it is an overpay to a certain degree. You got the owner who can overpay to a certain degree. It doesn't. It doesn't matter as much. Yeah, Certainly not exactly. as much as it did in the past. Absolutely, and clearly he's got money. Just ask, uh, you know, Edwin Diaz. <laughs> yeah, or or Max Scherzer. Or Max. Yeah, yeah. Cha ching, cha ching. All right, let's get two sides of the story here, Gordon. This is always fun. All right, Billy Epler, how have talks gone with Brandon Nimmo's camp? Brandon, kind of just like Jake, knows how we feel about him. But again, he's reached a point in his contract where he's afforded the opportunity to kind of look around but you know i think there's going to be strong communication there as well says nothing all right scott boris what type of market will nimmo have other than the mets there are a lot of teams in the free agent market that are in the waters for a center fielder and whoever picks our guy (laughs) will be the lucky one to finding nimmo oh no, I said he was that. working on his material. It needs a little bit more work. Oh, no, he didn't do that. Look, I like Nimmo a lot. I've liked him a lot for the Yankees in the past. You know, that lefty bat, high on base percentage guy, has improved as a center fielder. Uh, I don't think that's a match now. He is getting a little older. He'll be 30 next season. Um, does get hurt quite a bit. Does. Um, he does. But, you know, it definitely has a skill set. Now he's not gonna he's not gonna overpower you with power. Mm-mm. He's more of a of a top of the order kind of setting up thing, um, and and he doesn't have uh, what you would consider great speed. He's not a great base stealer, but he does get on base quite a bit. I mean, he's like a three eighty five on base percentage in his career, so that's a top of the order guy that can certainly set the table and work out a walk here and there. And he's improved his defense absolutely. Because uh, yeah, I mean, at first he didn't seem like he was a center fielder, and mm-hmm. he's gotten much better at center field. So that. You know, we talk about Aaron Judge at the ability to play center field. Well, that goes for Aaron uh, for 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 Brandon Nimmo too. Yeah, he definitely does. He definitely does. And and you know, you you like what he brings to the table. He's. It's weird to say, Gordon, but I don't know that he would. I don't know what other teams he fits their lineup as well as he does the Mets. You know, with right. his skill set and everything. I'm not saying he's not. He can't play anywhere else, but he's just perfect for what the Mets need at the top of their lineup. He gives you solid defense in center field, as you mentioned. He's an on-base machine. He and, and for him at the top of the lineup, the best thing he does is, Gordon, he takes a lot of pitches. You get to see everything a starter has mm-hmm. with him, fouling pitches off. He's a great contact guy. 
Faust pitches off. He, he, you know, he has a great eye. So you really get a chance to see what a bunch of pitches before at, with him in the leadoff spot. So he does a really, really nice job. Now I don't know what he's asking, but you know, I know he's. I know he wants to get paid, and rightfully so. He's a free agent. Everybody should earn their money. Yeah. But but and I got, just and he's got Scott Boris as an agent, so. He's got to earn some money because he's, he's got to pay Scott yeah, Boris. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this know. is not going to be uh, no. taking a hometown discount. That's for sure. No, and it's not going to and it's not going to be done quickly, either. It's Scott Boris. It's not going to be done quickly. It's not going to be done quickly. No, I'll tell you that right now. So it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Uh, this is I, I I. These are kind of frustrating times, Gordon, because as a fan, and, and you know, you can weigh in yourself. You want the okay? Who am I getting? What are you doing down there? <laughs> what are you? What are you at the slots over there at Caesars? You know, get get something done. Let me get some players. What what's going on? Can, where's some rumors about people that you're interested in? I mean, you just you know the the Trey Turner thing leaked out, but you know, Gordon, like I told you last night, for me, I, I know you got to sign the Grom. You're gonna try to do your best there. I get it. I know you want to bring Nimmo back. Your job is to try to bring back as many people as possible because you want to keep the chemistry in the in the clubhouse. But Gordon, you need a top of the line power hitter, a guy that's a power hitter that makes some contact. I know it's not a lot of guys out there like that, but that's what you need to supplement this lineup, because you have to find a guy that's going to, uh, you know, give some protection to the polar bear. Okay, I right. need I need I need some guys to give him some protection, and uh, you know he didn't get it last year, and. I, I would like to have somebody substantial at third base. I mean, the rotating third base was okay, but I need somebody substantial at third base, consistent. And the other thing, Gordon, is I'm ready to move on from McCann. I'm ready to bring this kid up and give him and let him fight for the job as catcher. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I mean, that's the the way that you were thinking you were going to go. You didn't. It seemed like they were hesitant to do that this past year because of the impact it might have had on the pitching staff. You know, you have a veteran staff who's used to throwing to a guy. But, yeah, I mean, that's the way it's going to eventually go. And hopefully they give him more of a shot to kind of make an impact because he didn't really get much of a shot this past year. You know, I was just kind of looking. Because you hear numbers, right? Mm -hmm. You hear about judges' numbers, but I, I don't know. Like, what will what would be a, a number to kind of look at for Brandon Nimmo? I, I took a look at one spot, uh, Yard Barker, um, mm -hmm. and they have – look, maybe this is the year where the owners are just going to shoot the locks off the wallet <laughs> and, and go hog wild. And, and look, at the top of the market, you would expect that. Mm -hmm. They have Brandon Nimmo going for six years and $120 million. That's not no, I don't think so. That, that seems a bit high. That's a lot. I, <laughs> That's a lot of money. He's a, you know, I like, he's, he's good. He does kind of everything well. But yeah, that's six seems, for one twenty. Yeah, twenty million dollars a year for the next six years for Brandon Nimmo, who's going to turn thirty next know. season. That seems a that seems kind of smidge high. high. That seems. You I know. feel like I can get a bargain someplace else. Yeah, I'm, I'm ninety maybe. Yeah, I, I, look, you know people maybe have gone broke betting against Scott 100. Boris before, but yeah, maybe a hundred, but hundred twenty-six years, man. And it does. If that's seem the like case. All, then judge, all the numbers. The judge is getting high. like nine years for four hundred and fifty. Yeah, well, <laughs> according to this, it's eight years for three ten. For judge? Yeah. Eight years for three ten. See, I don't think Trey, Tur Trey Turner uh, eight years two sixty, Correa ten years three forty two. 
Wow. Well, he's going to be twenty eight. Would you do that for the Yankees? Would you do that for the Yankees? Ten years. I don't think that he is that. uh, Like I like Correa a lot. I don't think he's a thirty five million dollar a year player. He he would. At that point, I would rather bring back Judge for the eight years and three ten. Yeah. He would, he would really and have it doesn't, lineup, though. And, and it's almost like back in the day when you had uh, the Wilpons and you didn't yeah. really have to worry about it. I got the yeah. Yankees now. They're processed, <laughs> so I don't really have to worry about it. I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> they got Volpe. Volpe, Volpe, Volpe. We got Volpe. They, they, the amount of pressure they're putting on this kid Volpe. <laughs> he's got, he better be a superstar. Oh, right my off the God. Bat. He's going to have to be a superstar. <laughs> oh, man. I could see. Given the see. Yankees and Brian Cashman's track record of finding and developing talent, let's just say I'm not going to the FanDuel account. I could see Korea on your team. Yeah, I don't know. I could well, see you mean if Judge if you can't leaves. beat them, join them. Right. <laughs> if you're saying if Judge signs someplace else. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you know, I haven't really had put any thought into what direction they would go. If they lose Judge. they gotta get. They got to get a name. Right, yeah, they got to get for somebody, a long right? time. Yeah, they got to get the name for, and they're going to pay. I would be, I, I, I don't think that I want it to happen, but I of would course. be interested to see in what Plan B would look like. You know, um, it would be interesting. I hope, I hope it doesn't happen. Okay, yeah. I really do, but it would be interesting, and and he would be, you know, they, they would have to retail it, right? like this whole team because. Because oh. now your your they're, guy they're going to have to do that anyway. I mean, they're getting yeah. they're getting older. I mean, there's no yeah. other way. They got to find it. a way to get a little younger. You know, while they retool, because they never rebuild. It's the Yankees, but but while you retool, you you got to find mm. a way to you know. Yeah, a lot of organizations said, you know what, we don't need to rebuild, but rebuilding sometimes gets forced upon you. And let's be honest, none of us thought the Yankees were going to have the year they had this year, and that no. was primarily because Aaron Judge had a year that nobody ever would have expected to, to reach those heights. Even if you yeah. are a huge Judge fan and you saw what he's done in the past when healthy, uh, that's the reason why they won the 99 games that they did. No question. No question. And they're not going to do it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> not like that. Well, he's gonna, he might not even be here. So Yeah. So you got to find a way. It's it's. Mm-hmm. This is going to be interesting baseball offseason, Gordon. Uh, you know, for, for the, both teams, both yeah, teams have both a lot teams. of things up in the air. Absolutely, yeah, it is. It is because you know our Aaron Judge is Jacob Degrom. Same thing. How much do you pay him? He's he's often injured. Uh, what do you expect from him? He's 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 you know this is his last contract, so you know that he wants to make a lot of money, but you can't depend on him for any consistency to say I know he's going. to – You cannot say that Jacob Degrom is get this, Gordon. You can't say definitively that Jacob DeGrom is going to give you 12 starts a year. 12, which is not what your ace should give you. You can't say he's going to give you 10 to 12 starts a year. You can't guarantee it. You can't. Whoever signs him, and, and, and the day you sign him, you'll think to yourself, oh, my God, we got, we got Jacob DeGrom, right? Oh, my God, we got Jacob DeGrom. Uh, from that point forward, you'll be holding your breath every mm-hmm. start. Every yeah. start, you know, yeah. for a guy who threw, um, I'm not how many sure how many innings he threw this year, but he made 11 starts and he had an ERA just over three. And it was pretty good for for seven of the 11. <laughs> right. But, it was again, good. you know, we saw him down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Lose it. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. This after making 15 starts the year before. Oof. 
This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.